The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now, now is the judgment of this world. Now, the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus said this to indicate what kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, O Christ. Warning. Warning. This sermon is going to be dirty. Hold on. I don't mean dirty as someone who hasn't had a bath or some kind of dirty thoughts. I'm intrigued by dirt, by soil, by earth. In fact, I've brought a canister of dirt along today to honor during this sermon. I have a book that I love called Dirt, A Love Story. 38 writers get down to earth. And to me, the most compelling image in today's readings is the grain of wheat, the seed buried in the earth. In what looks like death, Jesus says new life comes forth. Now, usually, the seed is the star of this gospel and of this metaphor, but I think it's about time that earth, soil, gets some attention as well. Surely God loves dirt. Surely God loves earth. We are earth creatures, really, formed from the dust of the ground. That's the way Genesis puts it. And one of our earth siblings, Jesus, 
through his burial in the earth and then his rising, shines with divinity for us. And more than that, Jesus, the seed planted in the earth and rising into resurrection, is an image of our own baptism. Novelist Barbara Richardson, quoted in this book called Dirt, A Love Story, writes for thousands of years, humans have looked to the heavens for inspirations. And even in H.T. Lakeview's sanctuary, there's blue at the top of our space. But she posits, this might be one of our greatest mistakes. We project whatever we want onto the skies. Maybe that's true for religion too. But when we look instead to earth, we get a different message. You can't fool dirt. Earth gives us other truths, intricacy, impermanence, interrelationship, humility. After all, the root word of human and humility is humus, meaning soil, meaning earth. So let's let the poets help us for a moment. Mary Oliver writes, the god of dirt, yes, you heard that right, the god of dirt came up to me many times and said so many wise and delectable things. I lay on the grass listening. What would the god of dirt say to us amid the unimaginable losses of the past year? Like the blood of the murdered Abel crying out from the ground, there is much to lament. Inequities stemming from centuries of racism. A disproportionate emphasis on individual rights and politics over the common good, resulting in a shameful number of deaths. Remember that you are dust, the god of Ash Wednesday. The god of dirt reminds us. But such humble remembering is paired with lament, a biblical expression of grief and sorrow. Many of the psalms are written in the form of a lament. A lament. Our recent hymnal and our new supplement, All Creation Sings, both of them have sections of lament, songs, and hymns. How, Lord, how long, O oh Lord, how long? This is the language of lament. In a few moments, we as a community will lament. We will lament the nearly 2.7 million spouses, parents, grandparents, children lost worldwide in this pandemic. We will light 27 candles on the altar, one for each of the 100,000 lives lost. And I invite you during that time to light one or more candles in your home as well. We also lament the increased violence against Asian Americans, particularly the recent killings in Atlanta. The ELCA Conference of Bishops declared today a day to lament and to express solidarity with and support for Asian American victims of violence. We each have our own stories, our own connections as well. 
in various ways. The past year has worn us down, chipped away at our optimism, forced us to face mortality and vulnerability in new ways. For some, these past months have intensified anxiety and depression, the seeds of which may have already been there, but now keep them awake at night waiting for a new day, longing for spring. Maybe now we're living closer to the rhythm of nature than ever before. In the book of Hebrews, Jesus is depicted as a high priest who is able to sympathize with us in our weakness. When crucified on a cross, he offered up prayers with loud cries and tears, our Hebrews text says. Sounds like lament. And in the gospel, some Greeks come to Philip and simply say, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. All through his gospel, John is opening our eyes to see God revealed in vulnerable human flesh, in the word made flesh, in this one full of grace and truth. And now, with the events of Holy Week drawing near, we hear the words, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Finally, enough earth. Give us some sky. Give us some spring. Give us some glory. Except, except in John's gospel, Jesus' glory is his dying and his rising. Together, it's the victory we celebrate on Good Friday, the reason we lift high a cross as it's carried in, the triumph of the cross, or as one hymn we all grew up singing, in the cross of Christ I glory. To be sure, to be sure for all of us in different ways, there is a loss, a letting go, a kind of death as the seed is planted in the soil. It is the mystery of life. In churchy terms, we call it the Paschal mystery, the Easter mystery. Jesus is the seed planted in the earth. We, buried with him in baptism, we rise with him to a new life. The pattern of the seed, the pattern of nature, the pattern of Jesus dying and rising is the pattern of our lives. Back in 2005, Sister Dorothy was martyred in Brazil for standing up for the rights of the poor in the Amazon region. So much to lament in that story. Nor Dorothy knew that she may lose her life because of her gospel-centered faith. After her brutal death, one of her colleagues told an audience that Dorothy was buried in the land, the land in the Amazon region that she loved so much. Then after pausing, the colleague went on to say, actually, Dorothy was not buried. She was planted. Her work continues to grow. Change is happening in that region. With that metaphor, the, the audience sat in stunned silence and then finally applauded, imagining the planting of Sister Dorothy and the new life that came from that. For the past couple of weeks, I've been looking down at the earth. Maybe you have too. Looking down at the dirt and little by little, 
seeing green shoots come up. And today in our HT Lakeview Garden, small little yellow daffodils. Is there any greater miracle than this every year? I hope it is not lost on you that just yesterday was the vernal equinox, the first day of spring. This is also true for us earthlings, as one lovely Easter hymn puts it, when our hearts are wintry, grieving or in pain, your touch can call us back to life again. Love is come again like wheat arising green. Divine love for this earth, divine love for all creation, divine love for humankind, this divine love, the hope of our world. So, dear people, reverence the earth. Love the dirt. Honor the soil. I'm only half serious, but let's call a spiritual moratorium on stigmatizing dirt. Put your belly on the ground and say thank you to the earth. Let the God in heavens take care of the stars, Richardson writes. We, along with scientists, we, along with artists, we, along with poets, are called forever to love the earth, the dirt. So look down. On your walk through Chicago, look down at what's coming out from the dirt. And remember that you are part of nature. But yes, do look up also this day to Jesus lifted high on the cross, a sure sign of spring, a sure sign that the world is becoming new, and hear Jesus' words to you, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. I know, I get it, we are weary. We are Lenten people, we are lamenting people, ready and eager, ready and waiting, ready and longing for the God who blesses earth with springtime, ready for God to shine within our world anew, ready for God to bloom within our hearts again, ready for Christ to draw us to himself. Oh, blessed earth. Oh, blessed spring. Amen.